In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. book recommendations and two brats. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 28, Head to Head. Head to Head. <laughs> so to explain the theme this week, yeah. we kind of need to use the phrase loosey-goosey. We do. We do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one of the best phrases to Ever. use in a setting such as this. It, absolutely. Yeah. So this theme is centered around competitions, mm-hmm. rivalry. It came out of a listener suggested sure idea did. for sports. Who has the best name, by the way. Her name is Amy. That is a great name. Yeah. That is a great name. And she suggested this theme. And and we're not going to lie that mm-hmm. we struggled just a bit, but yep. in true Broads and Books fashion, we buckled down. We did. And we made this work. Yeah. With a little bit of help of the rule of Lucy Goosey. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, wait, who helped us? <laughs> I'm Boo. not remembering this. Booze helped oh, us. Yeah, 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 that too. That too. <laughs> when in doubt, turn to booze. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, again, really though, they are all of our picks this week are about head-to-head competitions, rivalries, rivalries sports or not. Yeah. Any kind of situation that you I'll can be in a competition. Be honest, not many of mine are about sports. Right. So, and that's yeah. okay. Uh-huh. That's okay. Mhm. I, I think that's a great way of introducing things, but you know, I do have a few comp- uh, questions about competitions oh, all right about hit sports. me with your best shot oh i will <laughs> so aaron yeah. what's the most intense competition you've ever been a part of okay well <laughs> i it's tough for me there's two mm-hmm. there's two one by some just absolutely against all odds i mean all odds oh. i need to be clear about okay this okay before you get the full story i somehow managed to win a 
free throw shooting competition in like sixth grade. Okay. 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 All right. All right. I'm recalibrating. I'm recalibrating everything I know about you. Yep. yep, I didn't play basketball. Okay. Okay. All right. We had basketball hoop at home. Uh Apparently I have terrific aim. That's what I learned. Okay. Wow. Also learned that this was like a maybe 10 minute phenomenon (laughs) in my whole life because (laughs) when you won, when I beat everyone else in the class, I then had to show up on a Saturday and represent at this like citywide free throw competition. (gasps) Okay. And I buckled under the pressure. (laughs) It was intense. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, my God. And everything went horrible. So that I was tempted. That one comes to mind. There's, mm-hmm. a, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. It was the most okay. intense one. The other one was intense, but not, not in quite the same way. So Wow. Yeah. It was. I got in there, and I was like, these people know exactly what they're doing. And I, and I am a fluke. I, that's exactly what I felt uh-huh. like. I am a fluke. How yeah. old were you at this point? I was sixth grade. So sixth like grade. Okay. 11, 11 12. Yeah, All right. right. around there. That's a lot of pressure at it 11, was. 12 when you realize, mm-hmm. oh shit, I'm here on pure chance. And my 11, 12-year-old self, I didn't practice basketball up to that point. <laughs> I went to gym that day just hoping to make it through and I somehow <laughs> that happened. And then for some reason in my brain, I thought, well, if I just go home and practice for two days, I should be fine for yeah. the competition. And by practice, I mean, like, maybe I threw, like, five baskets a day. And then I was like, this is stupid. So you basically just had a really good day at gym. You just got through. And somehow it went farther than you ever imagined. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. When I look back now, I wonder if it was so much a fluke or it was that everybody else knew what was on the other side of the competition and threw it. (laughs) And I just didn't pay attention to that part and just went for it. I'm just going to get it. And It was really a competition about ballsiness and about just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that and ping pong were the only two things in gym that I ever excelled at. Hmm. Yeah. You know, in, in my in, in gym in high school, we went to the roller skating rink. <gasps> that was pretty sweet. We also did – oh, there was another one. Like we did badminton or something and that I was terrible at. But when we went to the ro- roller skating rink, it was like this. I can at least stand on my own two feet. Yeah. I don't have to get, get my hair wet. I don't have to do anything. This That's is amazing. amazing. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so that would that was the most intense for me. What if obviously I'm not going to be a professional at it? Mm-hmm. That wasn't even close. Mm. If you could be a professional athlete, what sport would you pick? Um, axe thrower. <laughs> <laughs> wow, came out hot with the axe throwing. Okay, all right. And Is I'll that a professional this. sport? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. But there should be. Okay. Um. I will say this because I went to one of those axe throwing places. Yes, a, f- uh, a few months ago, had a, a, a great run. Felt real good. Had with a great axe- run <laughs> with an axe in my hand. Felt pretty damn good. Oh. That's the only experience I've had axe throwing. I, I'm going to say I'm going to be real good at it, and okay. I'm, I'm going to be a um, world class athlete like in axe throwing. Yeah. Can you imagine? You know, at like big sporting events, they always have personal um, trainers, not like you know, but uh, physical therapist trainers. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, not personal trainer. Uh, sorry, I don't know the sports lingo. <laughs> Shocker! It's a um, great theme for us. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailing it. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine what they have to be trained on for axe throwing? Oh shit! Like, okay, we could have some shoulder muscle pull. We could also have an axe in the head. So. It, Stay alive out there, people. Stay alive. We could have limbs flying all over the place. We've had digits just falling off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even bother with the band-aids because we're going to need something bigger. (laughs) 
we're gonna need just a big burial ground is yeah. what we're gonna need. The yeah. best thing you can do is just call nine one one. That's probably what they learned. <laughs> That's the only tool in their tap out immediately yep. and say you need a paramedic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that choice. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so Aaron, mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, I I don't think there is an axe throwing competition. I imagine if there was, you would want to watch it. I would. I would Especially if you were it. in it. Exactly. If you were in it, I would be front row. Yeah. But are there any current competitions that you enjoy watching or that you enjoy, you know, partaking yes. in at some point? I know not partaking, oh, okay. but that I do enjoy. I, okay, competitions I enjoy partaking in are trivia. Any kind of trivia night, yes. trivia games, I love that. In. Okay. I love trivia game shows for yes. that reason. Uh-huh. But in terms of like a competition, if we're going kind of sportsy, sure. I I have to admit that I love the Olympics. I really do. I watch hours of people. I have no idea who they are. I've never watched the sport before. I have no interest outside of the Olympics. I don't follow these people. I don't care, but mm-hmm. I will record it and watch it the next day. If it's mm-hmm. overnight, I will spend hours when the Olympics are on. I think my family hates me because it's the only thing that I allow on TV. So what's the most random thing that you've like sport you didn't even know existed that you suddenly enjoyed watching? That I suddenly enjoyed in the watching. Olympics. Oh. Well, okay. Obviously, I knew cycling exists, but I didn't know the extent and the intensity on those speed cycle ones, even though it's miles, how terrifying it is to watch them go around those curves and fall. It was shocking to me. That's like speed skating, too, when they're like leaning to the side like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And and how I didn't think for, you know, generally when you think of like a cross-country event, it's like it's not going to be – there's a slowness to it. There's not going to be some crazy output. That is not true in cycling. Like you were just watching all the time. You're like, oh my gosh, he's head. Oh, oh, he went around the curve. Oh my god, she fell. She fell. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. That's wow. one that I really got into that I okay. wasn't – I've always liked watching volleyball. I've always liked watching swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to when I was younger like the ice skates in the Olympics, ice skating. I Not as much not anymore. So much. But yeah. – yeah, I I love watching bobsledding. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. You're right though. Yeah, I when I watch the Olympics, which honestly I don't do a lot anymore, but mm-hmm. when I do, I'm like, where do these sports come from and how do people know about them to train and mm-hmm. where are they training? Cuz I've never seen a bobsled training facility around right. Des Moines, Iowa. No. No. But someone from Des Moines was on a bobsled team. Well, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. Somehow, he was tenacious. He or she was tenacious. Went out there and found it. Track star Lolo Jones. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know a lot about sports, as is evidence. That's all right. Okay. Just, I, I guess track lends itself because you have to run, you know, and get yeah. in it. Yeah. And what is also amazing to me is the how much they have to work on like their bodies to make them yeah. aerodynamic for things. Yeah. You know? And also. When you think about the invention of that sport, who was like, "Hey, I'm just going to throw this contraption down and yep. see how fast it goes. Who wants mm-hmm. to ride in it?" Sign me up. What? <laughs> None of you have good instincts. Listen, Erin will sign up for a murder castle. She will Dumb. not sign up for a bobsled run. Yeah, bobsled murder. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do. I really like the Olympics. Can't help it. So, I mean, we kind of touched on it there maybe, but is there mm-hmm. something that people compete over that you don't really understand or can't get on board with? Well, to be honest, I used to be really into sports. I used to oh. love watching basketball, football, all of it. Like, we grew up in our household that yeah. way. And, you know, so then that just went away. So I don't really like a lot of competition in general. Okay. One thing I don't understand why there's a competition is baking. Because everything you make 
in a kitchen that you bake, it's edible. It's going to be delicious. Oh, Why are we judging? Okay. Like, what standards, you know, even Great British Baking Show Off, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, that's good. I liked it. I liked it. We'll go with your version. <laughs> it's a very gentle competition. Still makes me anxious. Yeah. I just want to eat all the things. I don't want them to compete against one another. Yeah. I want to support them. Be like, you keep baking. Oh, Bake some good things. This is really illustrating a difference between you and <laughs> oh, I. Oh, no. Because yeah, I really get into that show <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, Soggy Bottom, you're out. You're out. Those cookies look like shit. I would never eat them. Your Santa looks like a snowman. What are you doing? You don't deserve to bake. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. I would be the judge that they get that knows nothing and would, you know, be just horrendous. See, that would be a competition show I would watch. Yeah. Where you just get in there, you have no idea what's happening, and you still judge the shit out of all of them. Oh, judging. (laughs) Oh. That'd be pretty great. That would be great. I love it. All right. Well, with our loosey-goosey theme around competitions, rivalries, Mm -hmm. I went real dark for my fiction pick. Okay. I'm going to be honest. Because one of the biggest all-time rivalries is North versus South in the U.S. (laughs) Oh, shit! (laughs) Aaron's face got real. Damn, girl. All right, all right, all right. I told you I'm going to get dark. Okay. So, you know, we fought the Civil War in the 1860s. In many ways, we're still fighting it, let's be honest. Yes. But not just North and South. We're Mm -hmm. fighting, like, Republicans, Democrats, Mm. partisan, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. This book, American War, by Omar el Akkad from 2017, is imagining a second civil war. Oh, man. In the 2070s. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, the main character is Surat. She is born in Louisiana. And she's a kid when the southern states secede again and war breaks out. When her father is killed, her family is forced into a refugee camp in Tennessee. Mm. it's miserable it's demoralizing as refugee camps are bound to be yeah and there though she's targeted by a guy who says she's special that she can make a difference in this war so he starts teaching her the history of the south and of this rivalry of north versus south or his version of it anyway Mm -hmm. and slowly she gets more and more turned into a zealot for the southern cause meanwhile the war is raging there's unmanned drones Flying all over the place. There's torture. There's chemical attacks. All the war tools of our age brought to the Second Civil War. So what I really like about the story is it's told in some super interesting ways. One, the main point of view is actually the nephew of Surat. So far in the future, after the war, he's like thinking back about his aunt, about the war, like what happened there. Mm. There's uh, news clippings, oral histories, government docs, much more that tell the story. And it imagines our future that sort of follows where our current partisan divides are, and it kind of takes them to this potentially illogical, but maybe logical future. And at one point, the guy that's sort of trying to hone um, Surratt, he says, right or wrong, you own your cause, and you never, ever change your mind. Which kind of sounds familiar today. Wow. Um, what I like, too, is the author was born in Egypt. He grew up in the Middle East, and then he moved to Canada. He's a reporter, and he covered stories including the war in Afghanistan, the military trials in Guantanamo, the Arab Spring revolutions, and even the Ferguson protests. So you can tell he's bringing all this expertise yeah. to the story. All of, all of his knowledge, knowledge of like what we do as a country and showing how like deep grudges and rivalries can escalate over time. So it's scary. It's powerful. It's strange. It's dark. And there's no winner. 
really. There oh, never is no. in a big rivalry like this. Yeah. So that's where I went with rivalry. I, War. I would, you know, now that I think about it, I should have expected nothing less. That is just about perfect, actually. It's pretty much exactly what I imagined. It's a rivalry. Yeah. And it got it got real bloody. It did. All right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like there was, um, you could draw some real pa- parallels, you know, to this time that we're at and then even to Civil War time that yeah. he was really making that? Yeah. Um, and what's interesting, too, is he's sort of... Um, a lot of the South that he's imagining is pretty much underwater because the climate oh. crisis has escalated. So, like, Florida's pretty much gone. Louisiana is half underwater. So a lot of the South is pretty much gone. But what's left, they have this very precarious economy of oh. oil production. But oh. the North has moved on from oil. They've moved into other, like, technology and everything. So it seems very, very likely in that aspect. Oh, wow. That just like in the Civil War, uh-huh. um, the first Civil War, um, the South was clinging to an economy based on slaves, and the North, you know, did not have that. So here it's this two economies sort of butting up against each other mm-hmm. in multiple ways. So yeah, that and then just the the deep sort of, you know, this or that kind of rivalry that we have in politics, yeah. in government. Yeah, I see a lot of that being brought in. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like a great read. Did you go dark? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess the the subject matter is a little dark when you get into it, but um, the one that I picked is called Bear Town by Frederick Backman, mm-hmm. and it was uh, first published in 2015, and then it was picked up and published in the United States in 2016. Um, it was it's set in Sweden, so Bear Town is the small town that's struggling, like they're just everything's failing, you know, they have people leaving, kind of like the quintessential story these days of a small town that's just not making it. Um, but they have this junior ice hockey team that is killing it. Uh, they practice on this old ice rink in the middle of town, and they have this amazing chance of possibly winning the national semifinals. So the whole town is like, this is it. We're doing it. All behind these. these. So there's so much pressure on these members of this team. It's like they are holding this whole town up and all this hope. And before we get to the semifinal match, the pressure associated with it turns violent and there's an act that traumatizes a young girl and the whole town gets thrown into turmoil because there's accusations all over the board trying to figure out how to solve this problem is going to throw all their hopes and dreams into question. And so it's, it just has a ripple effect. Like I can't really say any much more about the plot without giving away things, but you know, this accusation brings this accusation brings this and it just ripples all the way through the Mm -hmm. town. So the reason I picked it for sports and head to head is because I think it's a great dichotomy of what sports are in a way. There's so much of sports that brings hope to people. You know, sometimes the Olympics can be a great unifying thing or, um, you know, somebody finds this great talent they never knew they had on a sports team or finds a family. Maybe they find a place to belong. But we also sometimes place such an over importance on sports. The story is telling you kind of both sides of that. It's also telling the side of, you know, the importance of belonging to something and believing in something, especially when everything else seems dark, finding something to hope in is important. And a lot of times sports bring that, but it's also a story of how dangerous groupthink can be Mm -hmm. and how difficult it can be to be the one person that goes against the green and says, no, I don't agree with any of this. Uh, So I really like it for that because you're getting some sports, you're getting rivalry, you're getting competition, but you're also getting at... I think the fundamentals of what sports bring, both good and bad, mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. 
So I like that. Yeah. It's an interesting take on all of that. So, you know, I, I was thinking a lot um, this week as we were preparing for this of a recommendation you made a few episodes ago, uh, Trophy Kids. Yeah. Um, and how it sort of shows what competitions and sports can do on a negative mm-hmm. side. And it sounds like your book is kind of along that theme as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I think, you know, and what I like about this book, too, is it shows you both sides. Because um, as someone who is in that sports oriented myself, I think it's easy sometimes to look at it and say, kind of talk about all the bad it brings or all the kind of, um, over importance we place on it as society. I mean, we spend a ton of money on, you know, Super Bowl and college sports and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I think it's also does a good job of showing the other side of what it, it brings to people, uh, within it, you know, within a team, um, having something to really believe in, having something that drives you, which is valuable. And how do we prevent it from crossing that line? Mm-hmm. Like where, how do we get the benefit without, you know, dealing with all the downside? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Well, for my other genre book, I, again, was kind of loosey goosey. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I, I thought about um, back in episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, when you and I recommended a book called Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. And that looked at key women celebrities and how they're labeled trainwrecks, often because they won't comply with sort of these unwritten rules for yes. how women should behave. Mm-hmm. And what we said back in that episode and in many others is that women are sort of represented in, in two rival camps, right? They're either the good girl or the bad girl. They're the smart girl or the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And we have to sort of fight one another to get at the seat in the table, especially if we don't fit neatly into those two rival camps. Mm-hmm. And so this book is called Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud. The Rise and Reign of the Unruly Woman by Anne Helen Peterson. And this is from 2017 as well. And this book takes a look at famous women who have sort of been labeled too much Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, They're not following those rules. They're not fitting into those two opposite rival camps that we talked about. They're not competing against one another as Mm -hmm. they're supposed to. So things like they're too strong, like Serena Williams, who she often gets made fun of for her athletic body and she, you know, or her clothes or her blackness or her willingness to stand up for herself Mm -hmm. in matches. So it takes a deep dive into like what she does that is considered unruly, how she sort of succeeds because of that, but how she's also held back because of that too. Or um, women are too fat, like Melissa McCarthy, who fights the tendency to always, you know, fat bodies are supposed to be the butt of jokes, right? Right. And yes, she's a funny woman, but she fights out or fights against that sort of tendency by carving out this unique space for herself. They're too slutty, like Nicki Minaj. They're too loud, like Jennifer Weiner. And in fact, the whole discussion we had a couple episodes ago about her taking on Jonathan Franzen mm-hmm. is dissected in this book, and she's considered too loud because of that. Mm-hmm. So the book takes a look at 10 women and 10 of those too much scenarios. And each chapter looks at them and how they're too much and what that says about our current backlash towards women, as well as the ways we're supposed to cut each other down. But also how they these specific women, they might represent an end to having two rival camps, that they sort of bridge this rivalry, they bridge this um, dichotomy between two types of women, mm-hmm. um, and, and shows how these impossible expectations really just need to end. Um, Anne Helen Peterson, who's the author, she has a PhD in media studies. Get it. So she knows what she's talking about. She does. She writes for BuzzFeed. She writes for other places. She's also written a book on Hollywood scandals, which I have not read, but sounds delightful. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So she knows her shit. 
And our chapters include some really deep dives into fascinating theory and history, but is extremely readable, very fascinating. I tore through this book. And I think, yeah, I think um, that's right. You read it too. Mm -hmm. Um, On your recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that you would say about it? Oh, I think you're absolutely right. I think this is a great pick for this theme even just for the Serena Williams chapter. That was blew me away. Some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that she's dealt with that I didn't even realize. I mean, you could assume, I suppose, you know, just knowing our society, things that she would have to fight against, but that it was eye opening. Some of the things that were a struggle for her, you know, the idea that what she wore was as Mm -hmm. important as how she competed, which give me a break, you know, Mm -hmm. and the comment about how, uh, you know, people that she competed against never got that kind of backlash or pressure, you know, they would white skinny girls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That outfit's too sexy for you. And Mm -hmm. then it was, it wasn't sexy enough. And then it was, this is too, I mean, it was so crazy. And there's all the sexist stuff about like, Oh, you know, uh, if, she had to play a man, it would be a totally different story, you know, yes, like all of that yes. stuff. Yeah. And in fact, it made me, that chapter about Serena made me think about female athletes in general yes. and some of the things that they have to navigate besides just being an excellent athlete, mm-hmm. they have all these other pressures on them. Um, I think even about the World Cup players this uh, this last summer and how, you know, there's prettiness expectations put on that, just all this stupid yeah. shit that has no place in competition. Yes. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, that is a great. I love that book. Great. I, I didn't know she wrote another one about Hollywood scandals. I know. I, I just saw that in research for this. Yeah, what? I know. It sounds real good. Well, my second pick is um, it's it's a different kind of rivalry competition. It is called the Noble Hustle, Poker, Beef Jerky, and Death by <laughs> Colson Whitehead. Wait, wait, wait. Poker, Beef Jerky. And death. You said it's Colson Whitehead? Yeah. He writes everything. I know. And you you will love this book. Oh my god. I'm gonna say right now, just up front, that you might not think poker's your thing. Poker's not really my thing. I don't no. play it. I don't yeah. I don't I mean, sometimes I'm kind of fascinated by that whole tournament, but mm-hmm. I will watch it for like thirty seconds. I mean I'm not so even if you're not into poker, that's okay. You're into Colson Whitehead, even if you don't know it, because this book is phenomenal. Awesome. So it's funny and poignant and so many great things. So it's published in 2014, and this is the blurb about it. This is a memoir of his search for meaning at high stakes poker tables, which the author describes as eat, pray, love for depressed shut-ins. <laughs> So he's a longtime neighborhood poker player. Okay. So he had this idea as a journalist, and he got Grant Land, an online magazine, backed him in this. They gave him a $10,000 stake, told him to train and see how far he could go in the World Series of Poker. And in return, he was going to write this whole essay article about the in- underside of poker. So there is a lot of really interesting insider information about coaching and training and all this stuff for poker. I mean, like, he has to have a personal trainer because you can't sit for 12 hours at a time without certain tra- – I mean, it's crazy. So – Weeks and weeks of prep, and you're following him through this. You're following him through different games. You're meeting these characters. He goes on trips to Atlantic City, um, and then ultimately he travels to Vegas to compete in the multi-million dollar World Series of Poker. Spoiler alert, he doesn't win. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected that going in. But he probably didn't expect no, that either. No, yeah. but the whole journey, including the end, it's hilarious and 
it also has so much depth and poignancy to what we hold as important. And the whole time he's, you know, struggling with other things in his life and he's comparing it to what's going on. So you're getting this just factual look at behind the scenes of poker, but you're also getting this really emotional story on top of it. It really, truly, like sports should, brings like everything to the table. Wow. My favorite character is um, one of his instructors is known as just as coach. We don't know her name, but she's like this female that's in her 60s that wears sweater sets and pearl earrings to throw off competitors at the (gasps) table. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I want to know more about her. Yeah. It, I'm, at turns it's depressing. Like it's so true. It's sometimes you want to cry, but then it's also so true at times you can't help but laugh. I mean, there's a lot of humor in it. Um, like I said, even if poker isn't your thing, this book is your thing. Because it's it says a lot about competitions. It says a lot about rivalries. It says a lot about competing with ourselves and, you know, expectations we put on ourselves to succeed or to obtain certain goals. Uh-huh. So I – it's great. It's funny. Damn, he can write amazing. anything. Right? Like he's written all sorts of different fiction. Yeah. Like he even wrote a zombie novel. Right. He wrote uh, The Underground Railroad. Like he writes all across. And now he wrote this. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Makes me angry. I know. He's so talented. He's so talented. But that title is kind of worth everything. Right? The that Noble just, Hustle. Yeah. <laughs> Poker, beef jerky, and death. I wonder if I could bring vegan beef jerky. Oh, I think you'd be fine with that. Yeah, you'd be fine? Okay, I think you'd be fine with that. That might even throw people off. That might be, could right. be your thing. Like, I don't want your beef jerky. I want vegan beef jerky. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh-huh. Then I could be known somehow as like the vegan shark or something. Yes. In the Even though I, I have no real um, knowledge of how to play poker, do you think that will hold me back? Um, no. Okay. And I think your hatred of games is not an obstacle either. <laughs> think my hatred of games may have um, skewed my results for this episode. Like, yes. Thinking, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I yep, think yep, everything yep. about this repelled you <laughs> and you reacted accordingly. Like, I see what you're saying and I'm going to take it over here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like don't like what you did, even though self-imposed <laughs> rules, I will break them. I am done. I am done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? My pop culture pick is actually on the nose. There is sports. There is competition. It's called Glow. Oh, good choice. Glow on Netflix. So Ruth, played by Alison Brie, is an actress in the early 80s. And she's getting nothing but auditions for secretaries and like mute girlfriends and all that shit. Mm -hmm. When she gets a call to audition for a show looking for unconventional women. Mm. Her agent says, this is you. You are not, you know, you are not conventional in any way. Uh She arrives and there's this whole motley crew of women. And the director, who's played by Mark Marin, announces this is a wrestling show called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling Glow. Ruth is confused. She's hesitant at first, but then immediately she starts seeing the possibilities. <laughs> because in this show, she can play a real person, sort of. Like, she can use her body in an empowering way. She can be surrounded by other actresses. Yes. And she doesn't have to compromise, which is really cool. And that's the basis for the three seasons so far of one of the most enjoyable shows I've ever watched. It's just glorious. You see all of them sort of create and take on these characters that they own in the wrestling ring. Um, you see them understanding that wrestling is like a soap opera that they can twist to their own like oh, yeah. you know uh, things that they want to do. And while they're dealing with this sort of shitty Hollywood world of like gross producers and execs that are trying to have sex with them and all that stuff, um, in the ring they can be stars and they can still be women and it can be on their terms. 
It is hilarious. It is super fun. The actual wrestling they do is jaw dropping. And I have literally like rewound parts of the wrestling scenes and watched them like this is amazing. You can tell they're actually doing it. You can tell it is intense. It is glorious. Every part about it. The third season just came out about a month ago on Netflix. So go do it now. It's like 10 episodes each season, about a half hour each. Come on. Glorious. I've been telling you for a while to watch it. Yeah, I know. I really need to. Mm -hmm. Um, When you said the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, we should have named our book, our podcast, the glorious, gorgeous (laughs) ladies of books, which is glob. (laughs) (laughs) So I started laughing in my head because I was like, gorgeous ladies of books does not work. I mean, that could be our subtitle, blob. Welcome to the glob Glob. podcast. (laughs) It's got a real ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. What a bunch of globs. I want... I want to listen to Glob. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen those Globs? <laughs> They're great. <laughs> oh, another bonus. Um, this season they had Gina Davis. Oh, come on. <sighs> she plays as glorious a person as you can expect. I would imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. So get it. It's oh, wonderful. Okay. Well, I know. I may really need to do it. Okay. Um, my pulp culture pick this week is um, it's kind of a double pick, and I have to explain why. Mm. It's, co- it's Team Fox Catcher. The documentary on Netflix, okay? That came out in 2016. You might remember that there was a movie called Foxcatcher that came out in 2014 with Steve Carell, Chan- Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah. Um, like Mark wrestling Ruffalo. or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the story. It's a true story of the Olympic gold medal wrestler um, Dave Schultz, who was killed by multimillionaire John DuPont in 1996 at John DuPont's house, which he had converted into a wrestling studio because he was going to be the sponsor of team Foxcatcher and help this guy reach new heights okay it turns out he's kind of crazy and uh-huh, excessive uh-huh. so it chronicles the story the documentary chronicles the story it uses interviews news clippings to give you the whole story so i saw the movie first with channing tatum and i knew just a little bit about the story um when i watched the documentary i think you should watch that first and then if watch the movie it's great i mean it's a really good movie but you'll get a better idea of the actual facts because they did take some liberties Uh at different times in the movie. So I think it's great because it's an interesting, again, it's that interesting dichotomy of sports of like this high achieving, doing something that nobody else is doing. And then how quickly that can turn into like this weird, deep, dark obsession Mm -hmm. and how dark it can go for people. Um, When you watch the documentary, you'll realize how genius Steve Carell's portrayal is. Yeah. He did a really good job. But that's why I say I just I think the documentary is better for the actual facts of the case and just the way that they put it together. Um, So if you're only going to do one, I'd say the documentary. If you're going to do both, do the documentary first, even though it came out after the movie. Wow. I do remember a lot of like pictures of seeing Steve Carell and how he had transformed in uh-huh. his face but even yeah. his body all that kind of stuff just like, just his mannerisms okay. how well he did at portraying the character and kind of what was going on the obsessiveness of it mm-hmm. um and the documentary i feel like does a fairly good job of taking you into both sides kind of what was going down on either side of that so uh, i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the movie too but uh it's it's a fascinating story excuse me story when mm-hmm. you get into it so wow yeah. Well, wrestling. I hey, know. We had a wrestling theme. Although this is not a dark wrestling one that yeah. I recommended. Mine but is. Yeah, yours yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Mine went dark. There's he no literally died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he got shot. Wow. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if there's just a little bit, just soft. Yeah. Just a soft shot. Just like an easy shot. Like, oh, shoot. I didn't really mean to do that. You got a bullet wound. Okay. Oops. Yeah. It's like a surface wound. Mm. It grazed your shoulder as opposed to, oh, that's in my gut. (laughs) That is in my gut. I really want that to be your reaction if you get shot some days. Just, oh, there it is. In my gut. (laughs) Oh, yep. That one got me. You got me good. Oh, yep. Oh, that burns. Oh, sweet Jesus. I got shot. (laughs) You never see that reaction in movies when people get shot. Yeah, it's always really dramatic. It's so cold. I'm so cold. It's not. It's not. Oh, my God. Got it one right in the gut. Hopefully it's my gut, not my head, because then I don't know if I can I don't think you'll be able to say anything oh, and say oh, right in my, my head. Skull. <laughs> oh, you penetrated oh, the skull crap. bone. <laughs> oh, I can feel that traveling in my brain. <laughs> and then you would start making weird movements. Yeah, it just travels through your brain. <laughs> no control over one side of my body. I barely have control most of the time anyway, so... Maybe it would make you have more control if you mm. got shot in the brain. Ooh. It would set some things right. Wow. wow. Now, that is a story of you just wow. being a absolutely, like, can't coordinate, whatever, and then you get shot in the head, and you're, like, an Olympic athlete yeah. after that. I'm just like, look at me go down your stairs on tippy toes. <laughs> no falling here because of that bullet in my head. <laughs> Can't get through airport security, but... <laughs> oh, so you're thinking the bullet stays in your head. Well, yeah, because okay. I think it... Yeah, I think in that situation, pulling it out, you could risk everything shifting back. <laughs> right, right, right. They're like, hey, look, <laughs> we can't guarantee that we can get it out, but the upside is that for some reason, you're incredible at sports. Yeah. So, so you're just going to set off a lot of alarms. Yeah. But there's a big upside. Upside. Michael Phelps, I'm coming for you, yeah. I guess. I mean, you'd think he retired, but whatever. You know. Ryan Lochte, watch it. Yeah. I don't know why I went right with male I swimmers. I don't either. But hey, that just means that's how good you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, like, we can't have you compete in the female category. We're going to bump you right up to the male category. about that bullet. Yeah. You really messed with your hormones. So yeah. you're going to go up to You're the, going yeah. up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like all of this. Wow. I want, what could be another skill that I get from it though? I don't just want to be like sports I want talented. you to be like a piano player, like a virtuoso piano player. Which means then... that in my house, I will have to get a room that only has a piano that I'm yeah. only playing in the dark <laughs> so it's real weird like you come up and you can't see anything yeah and then and you're like what's happening you turn it on and it's just me pounding it out on the piano and everybody's like what's happening it's that bullet <laughs> so your Gosh. kids will just see you in this dark room <laughs> mom what's going on sorry kids it's the bullet <laughs> in your version it sounds like i'm part of the clampets <laughs> I I was thinking it was more elegant than that. Oh, okay. It's just like, hey, kids, <laughs> it's the bullet. Okay. Although maybe maybe, maybe we need to go that route. Maybe I went too elegant. Maybe we do need to go more like sitcom route. Maybe we do. And the you know instead of like Steve Urkel's was did I do that? Yeah, yeah. It could be like it's the bullet. <laughs> Phrase. Yeah. Yes. Every time. Like, oh, this apple, Chris, is the best you've ever made. It's, it's the bullet. <laughs> I see no problems with the storyline at all. How 
the hell did we get here? I don't know. Because I said it got shot hard. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, we, okay, well. Hey, that's our plan that we made from this. Yeah, uh, see, now we're going to have a TV show. <laughs> it just means someone, someone is going to have to shoot you in the head. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that part. If it's a sitcom, we can take some creative take license. Some yeah. CGI the bullet right in there. Yeah, and yeah, some, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I don't think we have to go as far as to actually shoot me. <laughs> Will the bullet be seen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it just got How right in there. Imagine a brain works. <laughs> so you think that I'm just walking around with a hole that allows you to see a bullet? was that I got shot. It's lodged in my brain. Yeah. This spot is healed. You don't yeah. know that I have it. You I just added to that version Okay, by, like, it's an extra long bullet or something. So it's part of it. <laughs> so part of it is still visible okay. on the outside. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, we. I think we can work with that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Does it, does it like, <laughs> glow when magical things yes. are happening? It's like a unicorn horn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lights up. Lights like up. whenever your power is activated, you're yeah. like, it's the bullet yeah. and it's glowing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these brownies are going to be fantastic. <laughs> it's glowing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We got a winner here. Let's, I think we need to get off and oh, pitch this. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Because Before my head, any of my threads. head is hurting from laughing. Oh, it's the bullet. So hard. It's the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, to to advertise it, we could get in on those the bullet, you know, the blender. We could just bust <gasps> into that infomercial and be like, "This is the bullet." <laughs> Somehow now I'm glowing, Kool Aid Man, too. <laughs> busting through walls. It's the bullet. Yeah, that's part of it. You get like extra human Hulk, yes. Kool Aid Man strength. Yes, that's part of the yes. bullet. Yeah, but I want to be like cool. I don't want to look like I've lost those. I want to look like Kool Aid Man. Yeah, like what is a tub full of liquid breaking through the wall for? <laughs> It makes sense when all comes through a wall. <laughs> Always the liquid staying in that picture. Yeah. Why is he so happy? He walked through a wall. Why is it always red, too? Why can't I we have gray? Because, yeah, red was not my favorite. No. No. It's the worst of the flavors, yeah. really. <sighs> Whew. Not okay. think through that ad. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, while we work out this bullet plot... Good news is, in the meantime, we're also going to work out next week's episode. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to do. Listen. Yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. But in the meantime, you can head to our website, frozenbooks.com, and check out all the recommendations we made in this episode, plus other episodes. It's all there. It's all there. Also there, bonus material. In fact, we released, just a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. a special 25th episode bonus episode Bonus. that included a lot of random tangents and stories such as our bullet thing just now yes. we didn't include that in that episode obviously it just happened now just happened now. We ha- we can't magic in travel. the making yeah, yeah magic in the making another future bonus episode yeah. i imagine yes. these last five minutes will definitely make it i mean it was podcast gold <laughs> <laughs> so at the website you can find all of that bonus material also here's another thing when you review us other people find us. They do. Yeah. Which means more and more people 
means more and more podcast episodes. More and more potential ideas for sitcoms, for glorious additions to our strip mall. Yes. Crackpot business ideas. Crackpot. We got them all. Everywhere. (laughs) All you got to do is do a review. Your favorite podcast catcher? Five star? Because we know that's what it is. Obviously. Write a little blurb or don't. Even just click the stars. But that helps us so much. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, my bullet will glow for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded way dirty or something. I know. I just said it. I thought so too. I was like, ew. I take it back. It won't. (laughs) Just ignore that last glowing part. (laughs) It won't glow. We are not sexually attracted to our listeners. (laughs) Oh, what if that was a bad side effect? Oh, no. Oh, no. Every time that I was aroused. The fully glow. So, I mean, Mike would know at least. He'd be like, oh, okay. That's power I don't want him <laughs> to have. don't either. Oh, God. No. Oh. Sick on pulled. Clearly, that's the only problem with our idea. That's the only problem. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. Okay, so as we saw, this episode was a theme suggested by a listener. We adapted this theme, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you could also suggest a theme idea. A full idea, a, a certain, you know, book or something you want to be interested Give us a, a half of an idea. Yes. We'll make it a full idea. Yeah, we will. That's what we'll do. That is what we will do. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our website, so many places. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.